APADA acknowledges the custodians and elders past and present of the land on which we work, practice, rehearse, perform and present across Australia. We pay respect to the cultural authority and traditions of the land. The first peoples of this nation express their culture through music, dance and storytelling and it is a privilege to continue a tradition of storytelling and performance in this country. We acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the lands where we live learn and work. Performing Arts Teachers Association, a PADA podcast. Uh, so hip-hop. Well, hip-hop in Australia really gained momentum in the late 80s, early 90s, and female MCs have held the mic alongside their male counterparts, sharing their stories with just as much conviction, because that is what hip-hop is. It's storytelling. And today, our guest is one of the pioneering female MCs of Australia's hip-hop scene, MC Trey. Of Fijian and Samoan heritage, she first released her projectile cassette tape back in 96, 97. Universal Soldier, Daily Affirmations, Tapestry Tunes, the Aria nomination with Foreign Heights. Uh, she works in the juvenile justice and social work community and runs programs with the Tapestry Creative Consultancy and the Street University. We're very happy to have her with us today. Hey, welcome, MC Trey. Yes, thank you for having me. Very exciting to be here. And um, I also like to pay my respects to the elders um, and the first, you know, nations people of the land that we're meeting upon here today. And very exciting to be on this land and to experience the cultures of um, the people of the land and to be here for this interview. Very exciting. Thank you for joining us. So, MC Trey, we're just going to start. Can you tell us um, where you're from and where you grew up? Um, I'm originally from Fiji, so I was born in Suva, grew up in Suva, um, migrated when I was 13 to Parramatta in Western Sydney, um, land of the Barramatigal, you know, the play, they say it's the place where the eels meet, but not the NRL team, even though that is one of my fav- my favourite rugby league team. So down there by the river in Parramatta is where I spent a lot of my time and um, grew up in Western Sydney. So very blessed to have had experiences in the islands, but also here in Western Sydney as well. Yeah, um, and bringing that that culture with you. So you're also you're Fijian and Samoan. Yes. So on my mother's side, the Fijian connection, um, and then Samoan side on father's um, through my father's side. But I grew up mainly with the Fijian connection, and am slowly discovering the Samoan side. So I went yep. to Samoa a couple of years ago. Very exciting. So looking forward to being able to travel and going back and spending some time there. It's a it's a big thing, isn't it? Just discovering yourself and and who you are when you're not actually in that place anymore. 
It is. And I find that when you're not in that place anymore, you become, well, you know, more hungry as you get mm. older, you know, you're more willing to go out and research and find more about that culture, you know, and I find like when I go back to Fiji, you know, and you talk to people, you know, it's just the cultural practices are just part of everything that they do. They don't even think mm. about it, right? It's just a natural way of living. Whereas we come in with, you know, the Western kind of perspective, let's research, what does this mean? You know what I mean? Like we yep. really break it down. The positive thing is then we really get to understand what it's all about, but then you're experiencing it secondhand, you know, and not there being yeah. amongst it, isn't it? You sort of treasure, really treasure anything that you can grip onto that yeah. um, creates that connection. And so like with hip hop, when you got into hip hop, how did that connection start for you? Did How did you find hip hop and how did hip hop find you? Um, I first heard hip hop in Fiji, actually, like listening to music that um, my parents had and older cousins through cassette mm -hmm. tapes. And yeah. also watching movies, you know, there was that period where all these movies like Breakdance Break and Street came out and we got to watch them in the cinemas, you know. So that was like my kind of introduction to that style of music. But in regards to the culture of hip hop, I'm, you know, I started experience that here in Western Sydney and Parramatta when other rappers, you know, would perform or uh, share their lyrics in backyard parties, you know, and I was yep. intrigued and interested to see what they were doing, you know, so whether they were rapping or breakdancing and, you know, being a bit of a tomboy, I was like, hey, I can do better than that, you know, like <laughs> I'll have a go. So, and then from then on, um, you know, I started getting positive responses, you know, and encouragement to keep going. So I thought, okay, maybe this is something I could do. And the more that I listened to the styles of music, I realised that they, these rappers were talking about some serious issues and things that were going on in their neighbourhoods. And I thought, mm -hmm. this is an outlet for us as well. Like, I don't see myself represented here in Australia. You know, there weren't that many Pacific people on TV or in the papers. And if we were, it wasn't positive reporting. So I thought yeah. this could be a way of us you know sharing our stories as well and plus I enjoyed it you know I loved music growing up um you know in the churches in Fiji my dad sang a lot and was in the choir so I yeah. had that musical background and you know with most of our Pacific culture music is just every day it's part of what we do you know mm -hmm. so it all kind of connected and I just kept going with it and it, was, it provided a pathway for me out of um you know, Western Sydney and the, you know, the areas that I grew up in, you know. So yeah, yeah. it took me around the world and it showed me lots of different options and um, uh, gave me opportunities, you know, in life. So it's yeah. been quite good to me. Yeah. Um, like, because hip-hop, when you listen to the lyrics, it's truth-telling, storytelling, it's telling real life and it's a real connection um, to your own identity usually as well you, you talk about where you're from and who you are and I don't I don't know if a lot of people understand that that it's just it's just real music um, from the real from your own heart it is yes and um, uh, so, yeah go <laughs> sorry did you have a question 
time. Oh, like, well, who were your mentors or teachers at that time? My mentors and teachers, a lot of them were, you know, rappers. Like, I loved KRS-One, like Boogie Down Productions. I loved um, listening to his story, you know, and, mm. you know, growing up in a lower socioeconomic area and not having parents around who were, his mum was always at work. And he was always trying to find, you know, ways of, getting out of the situ you know, the negative situations he was in. He went to a youth center and from there, you know, he's he started getting into music and then his career evolved. I always remembered that story, it kind of and he always had positive quotes about, you know, whatever was going on, there's always something good, you know, that you can mm -hmm. make out of it. And you've got to believe in yourself, visualize, you know, he he was very spiritual and still is, you know, so it kind of opened me up to that uh, way of being and seeing, you know, of, of writing your goals, of visualizing, of, you know, chat positive out. affirmation. Yeah, so all, all of that, you know, and actually one of my albums is called Daily Affirmations. <laughs> and then I started reading up on all this, you know, kind of um, self-evolution type um, material. And then, because, you know, I didn't have my, I, I, did, I didn't complete high school. So I had right. to try and find my own way of education. So hip hop mm. was a big part of that. You know, and yep. listening to people like KRS-One and people like Lauren Hill, you know, a lot of positive messages, talking about different places around the world, you know, and experiences, historical um, things that have ta taken place. Which I'd listen to the music and then I'd go and research, you know, and it wasn't internet research. It was looking through magazines and going to the bookstore or the library, you know, or yep. talking to other people in, in hip hop. Wow, yeah. that I just realised that was before internet. At, you yeah. know, like a lot of this happening when the internet wasn't present. Whoa. <laughs> well, it did come from your peers and you talk about, oh, this album came out and you read all the linear notes and then you find out and dig and dig on that person and, and you actually would read the lyrics or write out the lyrics yourself so you could understand what they're talking about. And you recently posted on Facebook um, a throwback to the KRS-One um, when he came over uh, for the tour, yes. yeah, but he wouldn't fly. And can you tell us about Yes, he wouldn't fly. So <laughs> a good friend of mine who used to manage me, Trent Roden from Singshot, organised his tour and asked me to be involved. And that was full circle for me, you know, because yes. Karis, one, one of the people that I looked up to and that I inspired me on my journey, then to be able to be part of that tour and then to take him out to and we actually brought him to a youth space in Queensland and yeah. also took him out to Western Sydney as well so that was an amazing experience you know to see him and then to learn from him and actually I actually did a song with him which we haven't released yet but I'll have to um, follow that up and see if we can release that this year. What are some of the great moments that you've had within hip-hop? One of the other moments that um, really kind of, you know, was a pivotal moment was meeting Lauren Hill, you know, because I used to listen to her music. She was one of the only females at that time that was writing positive music, you know, and, and yeah. building up women and, you know, that had, um, you know, a lot of um, intelligent things to say and insightful topics and subjects, you know. I like the way yeah. she approached her writing. Um, of mine and I went to 
their concert, the Fuji's concert. And I was doing a play at the time, um, a hip hop play. And um, they asked for people to come up and rap. So I got taken up to perform and then I got to promote the, the play. And so they announced the play to everyone. And then we got to go and hang out with them, then go to the studio. So yeah, and that was amazing, you know. And then I actually, yeah, that was at the Metro in Sydney. I was just trying to figure out. And then we went to the Sony Studios. And this is the time that she was pregnant. She just found out that she was pregnant. So it was yeah. that era of her life. So, and, you know, I was telling her about the First Nations people and then the Pacific peoples, you know, just so that they understand that, you know, we're here, we're doing our stuff as well. She was very intrigued to hear about that. Yeah. Um, and then walking out of there, I just thought there's another experience to kind of say, okay, this, you know, like you've got to keep doing this. You've got to keep going because the people that, that I looked up to, I got to meet, you know, and they shared with me face to face. So I have quite a few experiences like that, you know, mm. um, along the way. So it, it kind of pushed me to keep going. And it, there were affirmations for myself, like this is the pathway that you need to be on. Yeah. Um, you got to share your story. You got to come out of, you know, a lot of negative situations. And now you can keep passing it on for other young people. So that's yeah. why I continue to do what I do. Yeah. So that affirmations sort of going through your whole career almost just yeah. a theme of this positive affirmation and affirming that you're on the right path. Yeah. So then you've transitioned into social work and youth programs and, and running that sort of thing and getting into your community. And, and hip-hop artists seem to be able to do that quite easily. What was your transition and how did you get into that? I, I got into, like, the community sector um, you know, by chance, we were doing another hip-hop play and then we got asked to perform in a juvenile detention centre. Yep. So when we walked in to do the performance, then we encouraged young people to get up. And I realised that, you know, this the powerful impact that hip-hop had with young people in those settings, mm -hmm. like they came up and they talked and listened and were engaged. So I thought this is something that could continue. So from that, I started getting a lot more requests to go in and do little workshops, you know, teaching young people how to write and, and do performance. And yep. from then on, I thought, okay, I need to develop myself a bit more, you know, to understand how to do this properly and to be able to present the workshops and to understand the, how the sector works. So then I went and did youth work and community service, um, you know, certificates and diplomas. And then I met um, Dr. Georgie Ravulo, who's a Fijian academic based here in Sydney. Yep. And I thought, you know, I loved what he was doing and he was motivating other Pacific people to go back to uni. I thought, I told him I'm going to come to you eventually. <laughs> so it took me, you know, a few years, but eventually I went there and you know, started my degree and, you know, still going, doing it part-time, we'll finish yep. next year. And I loved it because I thought, okay, I'm actually learning about the different concepts and ideologies about things that I'd heard about in music, but now I can understand where it all comes from, how it all fits. Because underneath all of this with myself, it's about, you know, making things better for myself, my community, my family, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So then we can do that with music, but then there's other ways of doing it, you know, and working out how systems work. So that's what interests me, you know. So, you know, I one day I'll be talking to kids in a centre, but then the next day I'll be advocating with government. So for me, going to social work and studying, I thought this will give me the knowledge and the skills to be able to do that, you know. Because you're sitting in rooms with, you know, professionals with how many degrees and we're there representing our people. We need to equip ourselves, you know. Yeah. And whether when I see people, Pacific people, but also young people and the vulnerable in society so yep. it's, it's another tool to put into our backpack to continue right. the journey yep. and we can continue that until <laughs> our life you know until we're no longer here like we can continue to learn whether it's through uni going back to sit with elders you know for a year like there's all different ways for us to do that yeah, yeah. fantastic um why do you think uh hip-hop resonates particularly with um, First Nations youth globally? I think um, it resonates because of the, the spoken content, right, and the storytelling content. Because if you look at all, you know, First Nations cultures, the, the storytelling element, you know, it's a big part of who we are, how we capture mm -hmm. our stories, our culture, how it's passed on. And then whether it's spoken, but then through our dance and, and our visual arts as well. So when we look at hip-hop, it's almost like a modern form of our indigenous cultures you know we've got the break dancing yeah. like we do our traditional dance we've yeah. got um graffiti and like we have our bark yes. cloth you know yep, yep. the mc is like the orators that we have in our cultures do you know what i mean the dj would be like the drummer or the person keeping the rhythm for yeah. when we're speaking so there's almost that connect you know direct connection with traditional yeah. ways and culture and it's like the cult the urban culture for our youth yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you use in your workshops and your work with youth how do you how do you get that pull that stuff out of them how do you work with the kids and get them to um, connect to their culture and and their identities and let them let them talk about it how do you bring that out of them I always um, get them to speak first, you know, like I'll share what I do and show them what, you know, they're able to do through the workshops, whether it's lyric writing or uh, making music. But then I encourage them to share their story, you know, like what do they mm. want to share with us in the group? And it does take time, but, you know, if they don't want to speak, you know, we give them, you know, things to write on or to draw so that they can share it in that way and it may not happen in the first session but eventually once we build trust with them and they feel comfortable sharing then they will and I always find out what they're interested in you know and it, it may not be hip-hop at first or it could be about a song that they're listening to it could mm. be about their favorite football team like trying to find things that they're interested in and talking about that which means that when you're working with, with youth you've got to know what's going on all the time you know what video games are they playing 
what style of music is is happening you know what's happening down the road at the local center like you like you've got yeah. to know what's going on um yeah. <laughs> like i i remember one session i talked about cod you know the video game and the kids were like miss how did you know about that i'm like it's a video game oh, you know so now like at the moment you know kids are talking about among us you know like I walked into a workshop the other day and they're all drawing the characters of yep. you know from the, yeah, that, 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 that game so I thought yeah. I need to find out what's going on and what it's all about so that when I speak to them I have a bit of understanding because that's the world like we have to find out what they're into their world you know and then yep. meet them there and then show them other ways you know we can't yep. expect them to just come into our space we've got to meet them where they are and that, yeah, you know, yeah. once you, once they know that you know about something that they love, they won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I guess another thing is too, that you're going to, you keep coming back and you'll come back again and you'll come back again and you'll keep showing up. And once they see that sort of, that you're there continually and interested and reaching out, then they'll open up that little bit more each time because they know that yeah. you're consistent, you're a consistent yeah. person coming back. Yes. That, that um, like even in the centres, you know, I tell them I don't have to come here to these detention centres, but I choose to come here and find yeah. a way to come and do these programs with you. So, you know, that, that surprises them that people would take their time out to come there. Like we could just stay out and mm. work in our centres or, you know, do our own music. Yeah. But the fact that we to go there you know they they respect that and they're more willing yep. to participate once you explain to them and plus this is my time let's share this time use this time constructively yeah, yeah. um i'll just say this quote this is from this um uh broadway actor billy porter writer producer director as well and he said that all teachers must embrace and begin to understand different cultures and use who their students already are and expand from that as opposed to trying to change or replace something inside of them. And that's what is what you're doing with your social work and your hip hop engagement with these kids. You're not trying to replace them, you're trying to get them to share who they are and let them talk from that space. That's right. So what are you up to now? Because I saw that Facebook post that said you've got two jobs, uni, oh, dear. community advocate, entrepreneur, <laughs> and uh, you are a busy woman. You've got so much going on. So what is happening, MC Trey? Well, 2020 has been very challenging, you know, and um, a lot yes. of my freelance work, you know, just stopped in March. Yep. You know, I, I yep. re remember telling someone that I went to open my emails and the subject matter line was like cancelled, postponed project. I was like, wow. So, you know, like I'd, that was a majority of my income. But, um, yep. you know, luckily I had, you know, I have some part-time work with the Youth Centre Street University in Liverpool who are doing some great work. They actually have centres in Queensland as well. I'll have to yep. send you links there's two pacific um workers there that also have a strong background in music one of yeah. them worked on the soundtrack for fast and furious with the rock oh my god <laughs> so 
they're probably down the road from you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so doing part-time youth work and then finishing up my degree and, you know, walking with my daughter through her last year of high school mm-hmm. and then just doing some part-time work, you know, like um, actually working at night for a big um, super, uh, shopping supermarket you know, yep, one of the yep. only supermarkets that was opened, I won't promote them, when yep. um, when we had lockdown. And people are like, why are you doing that, working at night, you know, in high vis? And I was like, because I haven't done that type of yeah. job in two decades. Yep. I said, number one, I'll be able to leave the house. Number two, I need to get exercise. Number three, I'm going to get food for my family. Yeah. <laughs> number four, like, I need second income tick 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 you know and I thought and they was like oh most people wouldn't do that I'm like hello I'm a pacific mom I'm a, I'm a single mom I need to do what I need to do you know and so yeah, it's been one of those years, years for I did me. that for 12 years and there is nothing wrong with it you get to get your hours that you need so you can spend time with your family and you get paid. That's it. That's it. You know, like, <laughs> I, like I'll go there tonight and then yeah. I'll just work and process, you know, the day, do my yeah. workout, you know, and then in the morning I can still do, you know, you know get daughter off to what we, and I'm like, yeah. man, we are blessed. We are truly blessed, you know. Yeah. So um, understand and then, that those essential services are just fine, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been doing that and, you know, still doing the youth work and the advocacy stuff. But um, I'll eventually have to transition because, you know, I need to get back to focusing on some real changes, you know, like without... You've been called on, on, on this year a lot for, for talking as well and for people just yeah. to hear your opinion. And there's been so much going on besides COVID, it's Black Lives Matter and we're looking at ourselves and really... Um, sort of trying to figure out what is going on, who we are and who we need to be in the future. And you've been doing that heaps this year, I see. Thank you for highlighting that. And that is um, one of the things that I wanted to focus on this year because, you know, when COVID happened, like you said, we're forced to stop and reflect, you know, and it's also about our journey. Where are we going? Are we, you know, using our time wisely? So this year has been more of a take time out a little bit. And I wanted to focus more on this, you know, speaking and writing and using my words and knowledge um, as, you know, one of the main kind of activities that I wanted to focus on moving forward. So I'm glad you noticed. Thank you. No, and the I universe helped and sending me things. So very, yeah. very blessed. And it's, you've been really connecting with your Fijian culture, I see too, like, and just... Um, just exploring and like we said before just finding out who you are because we're not physically there we need to connect with more pacific people like ourselves and just um it's just sharing sharing ideas sharing stories and learning more about who you are and that's what you do with the kids as well just trying to get them to share their stories and tell who they are it is it's it's been a journey and yet yeah, a blessing to be able to stop and reflect right because we don't usually yeah. get that it's yeah. been a, a a bit of a race for so many of us so this year we've been forced to stop and reflect and then mm. redirect if we need to you know yeah. yeah what is your big dream for the My future for for work for life for everything 
This is um, a question that I've been pondering a lot lately. You know, what <laughs> is it that I need to help materialise, you know, in yeah. the next few years? Make those affirmations but, that make it happen. Yeah, yeah, and then start working towards it. You know, it's the bottom line is always about empowering youth, you know, and our communities. So, you know, I've been thinking about a centre for our young people or whether it's more online or partnerships. So still trying to figure out what it is, but it, it, it will do with empowering our young people and our families. But also, you know, for myself, um, further developing my creativity you know my music I still want to do a lot more music and yeah. you know I, I dream of spending a month in the studio somewhere just writing and recording you know so yeah. that's one of for myself and just to refuel as well and um, I'll be able to do that very soon so they're, they're the two things that I focus on and and then to graduate from uni so I can um, have a break from that until my next academic pursuit so three three big things there but at the bottom of under you know at the base it's always about empowering our youth and yeah. our community yeah. yeah and what a great example for your daughter that you're setting thank you i pray you know how children can be <laughs> you know how it can be it can be right in their face you know she is yeah. my daughter as well so i understand why well you know she'll have her own journey yeah but yeah, yeah she's she's very blessed and very intuitive and insightful and has a good head on her shoulders um and yeah she knows she's i've been very blessed to have her well done mum <laughs> thank you and to all mums around the world <laughs> bringing yes. up teenagers in yes. today's society yes yeah um sort of a couple more questions so who are the people that you um, recognize as your mentors and life teachers that have brought you to where you are today in the um oh, i have to say first of all my dad who's no longer with us my fijian dad um abraham thomas he was in um he worked a lot with young people in sports and in the church and music. So yeah. I grew up around that in Fiji. And I didn't realise that we used to go and visit boys in the boys' home when we were kids, like after church. And I never knew that until we migrated and they said, your dad used to do that, remember? And I was like, no, I don't remember. <laughs> but wow. we used to go along and help the kids in the boys' homes, you know, um, at that time that you know um i guess the juvenile centers that they had in the islands and helped them on their farms and all of that i did not know yeah you, so, were, you know he, you were just he, visiting and yeah just hang yeah within the community <laughs> yeah so you know when i reflect back on a lot of what i do and what he did i you know mm. he was my first kind of inspiration and you know, with the music and then the way that he worked, you know, like example, he would, because he used to help put on boxing events and then train a lot of boxers, um, take them to, you know, Commonwealth Games, like on a professional level, but also wow. on a street level. Yep. Yeah. And um, I, I used to watch him organise all of this stuff and then write at home with the typewriter, you know, the report. And then he'd yep. get me to send it, take it down to the newspaper so it would get printed the next day. So I saw all of these things unfolding and to me it was the norm. But yep. then when, so when I started doing things, 
I didn't have to think twice. It wasn't, I didn't even have to write, how do I get my music out there? What do I need to do? I already need to research the list of media sites and, you know, write the letters out and post them out, handle like, because he'd, he was that example when I was in primary school. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't even really think about it until I did an interview in Fiji and they asked me like in my twenties, where did you learn all of this? And then I thought, that's where I learnt it from him. <laughs> you know, so I'd have to say he was my first, you know, my main inspiration. Um, yep. And you know, he, he he took care of me from when I was a baby up until you know, I, I'd say until he passed a few, you know, four yep. years ago now. So yep. you know, he's a beautiful man um, that you know was very active in the community. So I'd say he was my main kind of inspiration and mentor. And still to this day, you know, as they do the elders, they have a way of reminding you or visiting you in your dreams and say, yep. hold on, what are you doing? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so definitely him. And then in the community sector, you know, there was a lot of um, older community ladies from the Lebanese community here in Western Sydney that were helping a lot of their youth. Yep. And back then we didn't have for our Pacific youth, you know, this was in the 90s and mm. the early 2000s. So they saw me doing music and they encouraged me to think about doing the youth work stuff and whatever they were doing wow. with their Lebanese kids, they were showing me the models and the framework so then and help me kind of get funding and grants to do that for our pacific kids right. so you know um and they run organizations now like diversity arts and mm. you know there is the australia council for the arts so they're quite you know active in in the scene with arts and advocacy so people like them and then in hip-hop you know people like slingshot um touring that sort recognized me at gigs and mm. then just took to do tours or gave me t you know opportunities to work on tv so you know very blessed that people would see me doing things and then pull me out of western sydney and take me to the city so i'd be around a lot of business um music business professionals and people touring from overseas you know so showing me other ways that you can kind of do other things yeah yeah i was reflecting on it week because I'm thinking about a lot of the young people here and you know that are doing the Pacific the drill rap stuff you know so and I speak to a lot of them so I've been reflecting on my journey and how I can share that with them to encourage them to think about the different positive choices that they also have you know so they've got people taking them out of their setting and showing them you can make money on Spotify and you can tour you know so just um they're being shown that as well. So I've been trying to be part of that process to show them more positive pathways. Mm. Especially now in this era with technology, they can be um, sort of a much more independent artist without having to, or if if that is what they want to do, they can be an artist and just take hold of it all themselves and run with it. Or like you said, they can find those other pathways and use what they've learnt with you and people like you and take that into another whole dimension or format or sector. Absolutely. And a lot of them are independent, you know. So one artist could have like a million views in one song, you know. So, yeah. And then they, and they're um, getting paid for each stream. Yeah. So they realise it's, it's an opportunity to make money. Mm. What what are three 
um, pieces of advice or life lessons that you have held with you um, throughout your journey that you often pass on to kids? Um, first of all, it's always about, you know, finding out who you are and sharing your story, your truth, you know, that's um, important. Yep. And be mindful of what the words that you write and what you put out there because mm. you know, they, they can become reality. So you have to be mindful of what you put out there. Um, and that the arts, I actually wrote some notes here. Yep, yep. The arts, you know, can be a pathway to so many different careers. You know, and you when you work in the arts, you can also work in so many other sectors. So just be mindful that this can take you to other areas. The, the wrapping may not be a full-time thing for a while. There's other options with the arts. Yep. Um, have you got any messages for the teachers or the educators? Um, what they I, focus on? It's similar to the Billy Porter quote that you talked about, you know, finding out their story, giving them the opportunity yeah. to talk about themselves because a lot of the young people get talked at and get told what to think, you know, and, and a lot of it is um, other stories from other people. So it's always important to find out their story and when you yeah. ask young people for their um their feedback they're, they're really taken aback you know mm. like someone's actually asking me what i think yeah. so that's always important to find encourage them to share their story and that how their story can add to our australian landscape you know it doesn't have to yeah. be one or the other we find yeah. with a lot of the migrants communities they uh you know that that culture identity crisis mm. they call it you know, because at home they have to be a certain way and out in society they have to be another yeah. so we have to encourage them to find um a middle ground where they can be that you know whether it's at home or in society you know yeah um and that they've always got ideas to make things better. You know, whatever topic it is, you know, these young people have a lot of the answers to the issues or problems that we're trying to, to get through. So we have to encourage them to be part of the process to help make things better. Because then it's their world that we're, that, that you know, they'll have to take on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, MC Trey, for, for joining thank us today. You. Is there anything else we missed out or we need to touch on that you, that you think I missed out for you? I think that was very thorough. Like, I think this has been one of the most thorough discussions. I thank you for researching and for asking these questions and for pushing me to think about some of these things that I haven't thought about for a while. So I'm thankful for that. And they can check the YouTube channel, you know, for more info if they like. Let's just say this to you just off the side. Uh, so this is by Nicole Brewer who, who runs anti-racist training in um, America and she does facilitates education also in the UK. And she says, by bringing responsive teaching structures, supportive relationships, cross-cultural collaboration and social justice awareness to the work you're doing, you can find your heart's work and your purpose if you're in it for our collective liberation. Actions without the work just don't work. And you are all action, MC Trey. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
For more information, please head to the Apata podcast page for MC Trey where you can connect to links to all her work and everything she does. A few announcements as we wrap up today's session. We don't want to hog the mic and you know that. If you have an idea, topic or conversation you'd like to share, contact us through apata.com.au or your members dashboard. Words to our wonderful world of performing arts. Look after each other. Thank you.